writers, welcome back to Story Magic, the podcast that will help you write a book you're damn proud of. I'm Emily. And I'm Rachel. And today we are going to talk about descriptive characterization. Yes. So I am really excited to talk about this because so far on our podcast, we have talked predominantly about like a character's internal Mm-hmm. life we've talked about the flaws that drive them their motivations why they do the things that they do um we've not yet spent time talking about um their characterization in the sense of what they look like and how mm-hmm. they show up kind of visually on the page which is a very important like facet of who they are as a character yeah um i think a lot of writers approach these two things very differently very separately they like mm-hmm. have an idea of what a character looks like and then they also have an idea of who that character is on the inside. Yeah. And it, it feels in the creation of that character. Um, those two things may be created at the same time, but they're not created necessarily as like a linked mm. idea. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So today I wanted to talk about, number one, developing the characterization of this character as they show up on the page visually. Mm-hmm. And making sure that it is also tied to like their internal life and what drives them as a character and who they are and yeah. why, why they are the way that they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And we're talking, right, not just about the, your point of view character, but like other yes. characters they're interacting with as well. Yeah. yeah. How do we – basically, we're going to break down how do we describe what people look like yeah, basically. on the page? Yeah. And do like, what do you need in order to describe them? Do you have to go like balls to the wall and go down (laughs) to the most minute details of what they look like? Does a reader need that and want that? Or do you go like super, super vague and let the reader fill in the blanks and what's the sweet spot look like? Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I wanted to talk about. So awesome. Before we jump in, um, this has always been like a super fun part of character development to me. Um, mm-hmm. But like I said, I've never quite tied it to um, the inside stuff. And as I was working with one of my clients, um, one of my one-on-one clients, the visual stuff is something that she struggles with. Mm-hmm. But the character like on the inside stuff isn't necessarily a huge struggle. So we often kind of would get the character feeling really, really good from like a development and from a plot structure standpoint but then as soon as she would go to write Mm -hmm. she would always feel like she hit like a a black hole like a giant wall because then she would go to like write this character and have no (laughs) way like no idea how to actually describe them (laughs) so I put together this like exercise for us to go through Mm -hmm. to think about um and what I want to talk about right now is a character's physical description their mannerisms, their personalities, their quirks and their habits, mm-hmm. kind of those things that sometimes feel tangential um, in order to bring a depth and a uniqueness to that character as they show up on the page. So as we're approaching this discussion, mm-hmm. just like in real life, no human being is exactly the same as another human yeah. being. Yeah. And as we're creating these things, as we're as we're developing the characterization, Our goal is to highlight kind of how our characters are different from one another while Mm -hmm. at the same time, like endearing them to the reader through their traits. So we want to define these things. We want to define like what our characters look like and who they are in their personality. But we also, so that we can build that onto the page. We also want to bring, here's the key, intention and meaning to the pieces of that. 
Yeah. This is how you start to form the bridge between their internal life, like their motivations and their goals and who they are with their external experience. Uh, what is that word? Their, exter- their external um it's, I think it starts with an E. I don't remember. Expression? Maybe. Yes. <laughs> Their external expression. I don't know what happened. My brain just like. Your bright eyes. I watched it happen. Mid-word. Mid-word. Just was like, no. We're done. <laughs> so anyway, that's what we're going to be starting out talking about is this bringing the intention and the meaning to developing them. Yeah. The same way that bring we bring intention and meaning to developing their their internal life. And the beauty of that is that you can go as detailed or as vague as you want to, as long as you're doing it with intention and meaning. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that level of detail versus vagueness is very genre specific. Yes. Because you'll have some genres where you go and you'll see in our examples where you go a lot more um, in depth into the different Mm -hmm. details of a character because that relationship, right. And romance is the one that comes to mind, right. The relationship between the two characters is based on, you know, in some way, physical attraction. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that physicality is really important. Whereas in some like, you know, literary stories, like we're going to talk about Addie LaRue, you need a lot less of that because it's, it's more metaphoric, right. It's more, um, you're, you want to leave more room for the for interpretation. Yeah. Um, so we will show you that in the examples that we're going to look at. But I think it all comes down to kind of how how detailed you want to go mm-hmm. um, with intention. <laughs> yes, exactly. So as we're going through, we have a couple we have a couple different areas, like four different areas where you can start to brainstorm the characterization of this character, and then we are going to tell you how to inject the meaning how to make sure that it's staying meaningful and relevant um, to this character and who you envision them as and what what um, dynamic they're going to bring to your cast of characters and then to the, the plot itself. Okay, so let's start first. Um, we have examples and, I, and some of the things we're going to talk about touch on each of the four areas of characterization that I want to highlight today. Um, so what do you think? Should we start with maybe – let's talk first about physical description. Yeah. Okay, let's start there. That's like the pretty easy – the first one that comes to mind when you think about like, let's do it. character visually. Yep. So How much do we need to know? How much do we need? What does that look like? <laughs> so when I say physical description, I'm also thinking about like their defining features. Yeah. Because here's my big lesson for you today. Um, you do not – need and I'm I'll say this blanket for every genre but like Emily just said some genres go a little more specific and some go a little bit more vague you do not need like a straight up physical description down to how long their fingernails are and like (laughs) how they've plucked their eyebrows like you don't need that level oftentimes you don't even need eye color I'll just (laughs) I'll just throw it out there there? that's why I know right because I'm like (gasps) eye color is my favorite But oh, I do it. I overdo it all the time. I know. I know. Um, but physical description is like, what is your character? What does this character physically look like? And what are their defining features? Height, eye color, tattoos, hair color, body type, lips, cheeks, all those, all those things, all those yep. things, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm going to throw in a pro tip. Um, actually, let's read, let's read some of our examples first. Okay. 
Um, let's do, let's start with Charlie Lastra. Okay. Love Charlie. He's All right, I can read this one. Okay. So this is from Book Lovers by Book Emily. Lovers, by, yep. So this, so the main character of Book Lovers is Nora and she is an, she's an agent, a publishing agent. And she is meeting with a man named Charlie Lastra about potentially acquiring a book of hers. And she's never met him before, but he has a reputation. Mm -hmm. And Nora enters their lunch together in a very bad mood because she was just dumped. <laughs> um, and she's very like not into men right now. Yeah. So um, so this is this is her first, really her first introduction to Charlie, but she does have like in the back of her mind assumptions and judgments about him already, which you will see. Yes. So, okay, I'm going to read it. <clears throat> it's late in the day for lunch, so the crowd is thin. And I spot Charlie Lastra near the back, dressed in all black, like publishing's own metropolitan vampire. <laughs> We've never met in person, but I double-checked the publisher's weekly announcement about his promotion to executive editor at Wharton House Books and committed his photograph to memory. The stern, dark brows, the light brown eyes, the slight crease in his chin beneath his full lips. He has the kind of dark mole on one cheek that, if he were a woman, would definitely be considered a beauty mark. He can't be pat mu much past his mid-30s, with the kind of face you might describe as boyish, if not for how tired he looks and the gray that thoroughly peppers his black hair. Also, he's scowling. Or pouting. His mouth is pouting. His forehead is scowling. Powling. <laughs> That's such a good one. Okay, so <laughs> let me run through that real fast, and I'm going to call out a couple areas. So the first thing that Nora says about Charlie is, well, he's sitting in the back, so that gives us one, one yes. feeling about him. He's dressed in all black like publishing's own metropolitan vampire. Okay, <laughs> That has nothing to do with what he actually looks like, but gives us such a cool visual, like, introduction to who he is as a character. Yeah. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. And I want to come back to talking about vibes. But yes. like we're going not for a police report, but for a vibe. Yes. People. That's a, <laughs> such a good way to put it. You don't – we don't want to use a character's characterization or physical description to just rattle off what yes. they look like. It's all about – how a character is absorbing them. What's the meaning of it? How are they yeah. how are they interpreting what what in this case Nora, Nora is interpreting what Charlie looks like as a publishing zone metropolitan vampire. Like <laughs> already. If we yeah. just ended there, I'd be like you probably have a pretty good visual of what that means. Well, I think we could argue that that is where we she truly describes him. Yes. And the rest of it is actually insight into Nora. Yeah. Um, but let's, I'm going to okay. let you take it before I explain Before why. we go back to that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So then, um, fast forward a little bit. We get that he just got a promotion, which gives us a sense of who he is. But his, the physical characteristics that are listed about him, stern, dark eyebrows, light brown eyes, crease in his chin, full lips, dark mole, boyish face. He looks really tired and he has salt and pepper hair. Yep. Just those things. That's not a lot. It's in like, what is this? Like two or three sentences. Mm -hmm. Then we get expression. <laughs> <laughs> then we get he's scowling and pouting. He's pouling. <laughs> like, that's funny. But also he has the, what he physically looks like 
like you were saying, I'm going to let you talk about like Nora, but then we get how she's taking him in gives life to everything that we've just talked about what he looks like. If she just was like, oh, he has dark brown, dark brows and light eyes and he's got a mole, like we'd be like, okay. Yeah. Cool. But then it's like, well, he looks boyish and he also looks really tired and he's got salt and pepper hair. So we know that he's probably pretty stressed out all the time. He's also a vampire. So we know (laughs) that he's like not – probably not super jovial and happy all the time. And he's pouting. Yep. Okay. So what I love – like I love this description. It's one of my favorites um, to point to because really we know nothing about Charlie. Yeah. Like, she knows nothing about Charlie. All right. she knows is rumors. And she memorized his photograph. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, girl, what? Um, And so we learn more about her through her description of him than we actually learn about who he is. We do get a visual. And that's mm-hmm. why this is, right, it has dual purpose. Mm-hmm. Because we get a visual of him. But like you said, if we just listed those things, it wouldn't, like, we wouldn't really care. Yes. But what makes us care is the fact that she's projecting. She's very upset. She's very tired. She's very overworked. Um, and she basically was just told that she's a metropolitan vampire. Yeah. <laughs> like, because she overworks and is crazy. Um, bas- her Basically, her ex-boyfriend just told her that as he broke up with her. And so she walks in and projects all of that onto yeah. Charlie. So she's she's analyzing him in a way that shows like, oh, well – you know, he's pretty. She admits mm-hmm. that he's pretty. He's kind of yeah. beauty mark, right? Uh-huh. And that he's got these certain brows and a full and full lips, right? So yeah. it's clear she's attracted to him, even though she's like very much not admitting it. Yes. And then we get that she projects his tiredness. They're in the same industry. Like she sees herself in him. Um, mm-hmm. And then she says he's scowling or pouting. And I think that's also a projection of what yeah, she's doing. She's in uh-huh. <laughs> and and it's great because you later learn when she and Charlie discuss this moment much, much like later in the book that his family is going through a family emergency right now. And he is like about to miss his plane because mm-hmm. she's late to this lunch. And so he's going through all of these like emotional things in this moment that she does not pick up on because right. she doesn't know him. Mm-hmm. Um, And so – it's just, yeah, it's so good. It's yeah. so good how she misreads him, how we get a visual th- through that, and how we learn about how she's feeling and how she sees herself through her description of him. Yes. So if you take this at face value, you have, like, what he looks like. But then what takes this to the next level is what it meant to Nora. Yeah. So as you're planning, like, a character's description, their physical description, what they look like, it's not simply, like, okay, stern brows, light brown eyes. Like, you can make up any variation of what it looks like and that would probably be fine but the extra layer here is that when Nora interacts with Charlie and she takes in what he looks like she is she is giving us so much more than just yeah stern brown eyes or stern dark brows and light brown eyes like and all those other physical characteristics so yeah Think about not only like how you're going to create this character and what they visually look like, but how someone else might take them in or how it's going to show up on the page. And I mean, there's like a – this – I'm not – I used to do this. So when Mm -hmm. I like kind of disparage this a little bit, just know that it's coming from inside of me. Um, And (laughs) (laughs) it's very common or or it used to be common that when you have like a a first person or you have a character just – they, if they're going to describe themselves, 
they have like a, a mirror scene. A mirror. Exactly. Mirror like you know what I'm talking about. The yeah. mirror scene. They look at themselves in the mirror and then they give a description of what they look like and that's how the reader knows what they look like. Fine. Um, I would say a lot of people now look at that and be like, oh, you don't have to do that. We can mm-hmm. move away from that a little bit. That's where you get to start to see like you're just putting something on the page so a reader knows what it looks like mm-hmm. versus putting something on the page that has meaning to a character. Yeah. And there's a difference yeah. between those things. So if you've caught yourself like trying to describe a character and their their physical traits, their defining features, simply because you think a reader needs to do it, go the next level, go a, mm-hmm. a layer deeper. Yeah. That. So I want to I wanna illustrate though, like what, because we say this a lot. We say like, show the meaning to Nora. Yeah. And so I want to illustrate the meaning to Nora in this, right? The meaning that we're getting is we're getting that she's in a terrible mood, that she doesn't want to be attracted to this man, Uh that she wants to judge him and like dislike him from the get go. Right. We're getting all of that from her in this moment. And she's like, I, I swear off men. She's not even consciously doing this, but she's essentially saying, I swear off men. This man is a vampire. I will not be attracted to him. Like Mm -hmm. that's the meaning that we're getting in this. Um, So just to kind of illustrate what we mean by that. And I think for like, if you're doing this yourself, what I would ask is in this moment, mm-hmm. what, like the moment when you're about to describe someone through your main character's eyes, what are they feeling? Mm-hmm. What is their mood? And what do they want? Um, and how do they want to feel about the person that they're looking at? And if you can answer those questions, I think your brain will start to come up with ways that they can describe the person through through voice and emotion and meaning um, yeah. that will add that second layer to your description, your physical description. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So let's talk about, we have two others that I want to talk about. Um, I firstly though, before we go to personality, which is our next like layer of this, um, I want to contrast Charlie Lastra briefly with Addie LaRue, the, the invisible life of Addie LaRue. So in that book, um, we've book lovers is is a straight up romance. It's a romantic comedy. Um, that's where the the relationship happens between Charla, Charlie and Nora. Um, then you take the Invisible Life of Adelie, Addie Larue, which is more literary and it mm-hmm. does have romantic undertones. However, with Addie Larue, we basically get two physical descriptions about her, and that's it. We get that she has auburn hair. And we get that she has freckles in the shape of a constellation across her cheeks, basically. You're not seeing me on the Zoom. like I think there's seven. Seven freckles. Seven freckles across like her cheeks and her nose. Um, That's it. That's basically all that we get. Maybe we get like one or two things splattered in here or there. But like we get those two things for Addie. That's all we get about what she looks like. But we get a vibe about her. And we also get metaphor leaned into those two things. So I just wanted to highlight how if if pro tip on physical description is like you don't necessarily need five or six things. You can get away with like two things as long as they're carrying tons of meaning that's relevant to the themes of your book and that's driven across like the rest of the story and that you constantly come back to as like, Mm -hmm. you know, character – the other character, um, like her romantic partner, Addie's romantic partner, like looks at her cheeks. Like he sees her her constellation and it's like a part of the book. Like it, it's so much more than just, oh, she's got freckles. Yeah. It's part of the fabric of like the themes of the book. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Addie is like cursed to be forgotten by everybody that yeah. she meets, and but she lives forever. And so throughout time, the a lot of <clears throat> basically the only thing people remember about her is her freckles, and her yeah. freckles show up in artists' work across mm-hmm. history, which is really cool. They don't remember yeah. her, but her freckles made an impression. And so like it's a metaphor for her making her imprint on mm-hmm. the world, even when people can't remember her. Yeah. So go if you go like, you know, heavier on the description, remember to come back to all of that. I mean, either yeah. way, come back to that meaning about it. But just know that you don't need all of the things we described about for Charlie to like have a really solid thing. You can get away or you can like still have a very effective and powerful and like visually stunning description yeah. with like hair color and freckles. Yeah. Um, if you're gonna, you know, I don't even think we get things. the color of our eyes. I don't think we do either. Yeah. I think it's just her her hair just and her, her eyes. Yeah, mm-hmm. just her freckles. Yep. I mean her hair and her freckles. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Saying too many things. Okay. So now personality is kind of our next category here. Um, this is where I think it's super important to tie in a character's goals and their internal obstacle belief, mm. which we've talked about on the podcast before. Here's why. Because we know that what a character wants and what they believe about the world drive all of their actions mm-hmm. and that drives their personality. Like if, if you take a character who believes, you know, that like change is not safe, like that's yeah. their internal obstacle belief. They are afraid of change. Every time that they've tried to change, something has gone wrong. That's their internal obstacle belief. You And then you pair them with a personality that's like jovial and outgoing and carefree, like yeah. You're going to find some dissonance there. It's not going to always line up. You can probably bridge that with yeah. a, some well-designed backstory scenes. But I mean, use those beliefs that they have about the world to inform their personality mm-hmm. and vice versa. Um, so what are their mannerisms? How do they carry themselves? What? How do they speak about themselves and speak about other people? Yeah. Um, if you're having trouble like – what are personality traits that one was always i used to like google lists of personality traits (laughs) to like help me come up with what's my character's personality but start with like what it is that they want what they're willing to do to get it and what they believe about the world and i think you're already going to start to see like a visual of what their personality is yeah um to give you some extra help there are like the big five those are in quotes personality Mm -hmm. traits that are defined by like psychology today like there are there are uh, and they're on a spectrum so um the big five traits are usually labeled as openness conscientiousness extroversion agreeableness and neuroticism Mm -hmm. and then you have like a spectrum along each of those different traits so for example openness is like reflects how a person is receptive to new ideas and like how robust and complex their mental health life yeah. is basically. Um, and then there's like a spectrum on that of like intellectual curiosity and creative imagination and like how open-minded they are. And you yeah. could have someone that's like on very closed or you could have someone that's very open or somewhere yeah. in between. So each yeah. of these different traits has that spectrum. Something that I like to do to – as like a research, I think that this can become a rabbit hole. So be careful and yeah. an obsession. So be careful. But one of the ways, one of the places where I'll go to get inspiration, especially for secondary characters that I haven't fleshed out all that much, um, is uh, 
Myers-Briggs, yeah. Enneagram, and Zodiac categorizations mm -hmm. because they're all basically personality categorizations. Yep. So sometimes like if you can find one of those quick, um, you know, Enneagram or Myers-Briggs uh, quizzes and you run, if you know your character's internal, mm -hmm. then you know how they're going to act in certain circumstances. And so you can put that through and then read like the reports of what they give you for like yeah. ideas, just ideas, just ideas on how that those personality, um, attributes can manifest as like traits and behaviors. Yes. Um, so that's just I, one of my favorite things. <laughs> I think, I think you're spot on with like it, this will be the most beneficial to you if you know they're internal already and like yeah. what purpose they're going to serve in the story and what they're trying to do. Otherwise, um, it's not that you can't do it the other way around, but otherwise you end up, I always felt like very lost trying to come up. Well, what, who are they? I don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It could be anything. Well, they could be anything. But if you understand like at least a little bit of what they want and what they believe, um, you can drive it and come up with like a much stronger end personality versus yeah. making up a personality and then trying to like fit it like a wrong puzzle piece yeah. into your story that just isn't going to fit. Yeah. And you can get really unique stuff when you start to think about it that way, like unique yeah. personality traits that really set them apart and make them feel real. Yeah. Okay. So what's the difference between personality traits and quirks and habits? Because I see that's yep. next on the list and I'm dying to know. Yes. Okay. So personality traits are like um, what we just talked about. But what I think about quirks and habits are like their, their, their special zhuzh. There, there's, there's joie de vie, like something about them that gives them like that unique edge that mm. characters usually carry that it, that like makes them the special, the special. Why are they their hero? It might be because of like a quirk that they have. So um, uh, when I was creating this exercise for that client I was talking about, I actually looked this up in a couple different character development like resources mm. and quirks are an attribute or a feature, but not necessarily a physical feature mm. or a skill that sets your character apart from others. So it's what gives them their special edge. So for instance, with Katniss, it's her hunting, her mm. bow skills. Like that's what makes Katniss super special in the games is because she's got all those hunting and bow skills. Yeah. And then for like Harry Potter, he's got his physical like lightning scar and that like that's his little quirk. He's got that thing and that like yeah. kind of sets him apart from the people around him. So – I suggest to create like an interesting or unique quirk that gives them a uniqueness that can endear themselves to readers. And this is where mm. you can you can come up with something super fun. Um, have it show up in like their daily life. This isn't just something that you're just slapping onto them kind of like randomly. And then all of a sudden, mm -hmm. oh, here, my character knits. And then you're like yeah. halfway through the book. Like if they knit, awesome. But like make that part of their personality, right? Yeah. Um, Quirks also can be used to create or solve problems as mm. long as it is intentional. Um, so like Katniss's special bow skills, like those solve problems, but that's a very yes. fully developed part of her personality on purpose because that gave yeah. her what she needed in order to get to the Well, and the then isn't then. PETA's – I just watched his movie. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> isn't PETA's that he can he can pick up – like he's really strong because he worked as a baker and yep. he like is used to picking up massive bags of flour. And so that's like his quirk. Yeah, that's and exactly that's how right. he fights. Yeah. Love yeah. It. So if you like, you can get so many, it can be like literally anything. Um, but I would not give a character tons of quirks because then mm -hmm. they just seem like a superhero unless you're specifically writing 
a superhero story where yeah. they have a thousand quirks for a reason. <laughs> um, but maybe one or two. They can also be good or bad, like in, in the most black and white of those terms. But yeah. I mean, like one of the quirks that I saw when I was researching this was like terrible handwriting. Mm. And that can lead to like miscommunication. But mm. that's like this person's hallmark thing is that they have terrible handwriting and they, they mm-hmm. get made fun of for it. Um, they could also be like a compulsive liar where mm-hmm. that's uh, what sets them apart from other people. So we like to think, you know, quirks can also very much be that, that exciting thing, yeah. that good thing. Uh, but they don't necessarily always have to be – always have to be that way. You can Google tons of lists of these. Um, mm-hmm. But I always like to come back to, okay, what do they have it for? What are they doing with it in the story? How is it creating or solving problems or how is it setting them apart from other people? Yeah. Yeah. It seems like there's two main things that you want to think about. You want to think about making sure that that quirk makes sense yep. given the backstory and personality mm-hmm. traits that you define for them. Because if they have a quirk that's not in line with their other personality traits, it won't make any sense. So it needs to be in line with their backstory and, and like who they are internally and how they behave. Yeah. Um, and then also it needs to be like, it needs to have some purpose in the story itself. Yeah. in the plot in their ability to solve problems or cause problems. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'll I'll give you another example off the top of my head I'm just thinking about right now. So I'm reading um I'm reading a mafia romance right now cuz it's so easy on Kindle Unlimited just like download nice. anything. Anyway, I'm reading a romance right now where basically all of the main characters are like super badass killers. So how <laughs> are you going to like set them apart? What are you going to yeah. make? What are you going to give them as a little quirk when they're all like the top of the line? expert marksman yeah in peak physical condition um but one of like the male main characters is a really good cook Mm. and so whenever they are like having a relaxing moment he's making food for them Mm. and he's like it's part of and they talk about it of like well he has really good knife skills because he's a Mm. he's a he's a killer but he cooks food in his off time because it helps him feel like grounded and connected and he can like focus on something with his hands without killing something he's creating something (laughs) Uh, yeah so it's like a really cool piece of him and he's he's the cook and then like the other characters have their own little like quirk too but i really like how they highlight this this really badass it tells you so much i mean like we don't we haven't even read the book and we already can see so much about him yeah right and and he wants to be like a caretaker even though he's like a killer anyway yeah Yeah. so you can do something like that and then have it play into the dynamic of a a group of people too Mm -hmm. just they use if this is going to be a quirk for them it's a interwoven part of their life yeah um okay Next one. This is – I'm going to add like an asterisk here for this last one. Of If you are writing a romance or you have a romantic subplot, this will be important to you. If romance is not included at all, it's a little less impo- – a little less important. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think if you have any type of romance in your story, it's important to consider this as, their, as part of who they are, yeah. as their type slash who they're attracted to. And what I mean by that is like, what is their sexual orientation? What do they find stands out in like another person physically and emotionally? Mm. And like, what would they say their type is? The reason why I want to highlight this is because just like with Nora, I think Mm -hmm. what we find attractive says a lot about us as characters. And it's important in romance or romantic subplots that these things are also interconnected to the story 
Um, so for ex- for an example, like if you're writing a mafia romance <laughs> and your main character is like a badass woman um, who can take care of herself, is she going to be attracted to like a badass guy, like an alpha hole, an alpha a-hole who like doesn't yeah. care about anybody himself? Or is she going to be attracted to maybe someone who makes her feel safe? Who like yeah. take cares of her, who takes care of her who takes like a little bit of burden off of her shoulders because she's like the backbone of this story. Um, when you think about it like that, it, it becomes a little easier to make sure your characters gel with one mm-hmm. another, um, and it also plays into that character's personality, like your mm-hmm. your first character's personality traits. Why do they like what they like? Why is why is something attractive to them physically or emotionally? How does that play into their beliefs about the world and their goals? And and mm-hmm. do they do they lean into that attraction or do they um, put walls up and try to avoid that attraction? And yeah. either way, like why would they do that? Um, yeah. So does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. I'm thinking of Addie LaRue and that, how, yeah. how Henry is attracted to Addie because Henry is someone who really struggles to live fully and to like mm-hmm. embrace adventure and like and Addie is all that. Like mm-hmm. she's lived for 300 years. Like she knows how to how to continue finding reasons to keep living and Henry is struggling with that. And so he's attracted to her because she felt, you know, she is filling something for him that he needs exactly. um at a soul level at a story level so exactly yeah and you know I'll, I'll, you know with this too is like i think a lot of people at everything you just described right now is an emotional attraction yeah right and mm-hmm. that that i think is where romance is super successful i'm not i'm talking about like a successful romance has more than just physical attraction there is emotional yeah. attraction there and that emotional attraction has baggage and meaning and purpose and xyz like we are attracted to other people that fill the holes for us right that that, like help us feel like better people or that or that you know for whatever reason um we're attracted to them for a reason and we need to know what that what that reason is but it's not just you have you have a character who's physically attracted to dark stern brows Right, yeah. like, but okay. she's not. She's she's right? attracted to so much more than that. She's attracted she, to so much more than that. She's attracted to the fact that he's really good at his job. She's yep. attracted to the fact that he is looks nice. Exactly. She's attracted to the fact that he um that he's tired and takes his uh-huh. job seriously. Like they're both career driven people, and so yep. you can see even in the way that she describes how he physically looks and says he's pretty. Yes. You can see all the reasons why she's attracted to him later um, yes. and, like, why they grow to to fall in love. Oh, exactly. that description is just so right? brilliant. Exactly, because it's so much more than just physicality. It's the the emotional connection, the emotional meaning, yeah. and that's where all of this creates yeah. that depth that, like, oh, just draws those readers in. And yeah. that's what gives you such the good visual. Like, before we started this call, we talked about how – with like Addie LaRue, where we have two, just basically two very basic descriptions of her, but you look at fan art and mm-hmm. it looks so similar. Like yeah. people just get it. They get the vibe because of how it's presented to them on the page is so much more than yeah. just, oh, she has auburn hair and freckles. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like it's it's like all of the meaning that's wrapped up in that and how other people see her and how she sees herself, it gives you such a strong visual. And that's all part of personality traits and that's part of quirks and that's yeah. part of like who, how people view 
attraction to one it's another. the vibe anyway, yeah it's personality vibe. It's vibe. traits it's it's yeah yeah we're repeating ourselves <laughs> now <laughs> all right so those are kind of the four categories that i really love to dive deeper into um descriptive characterization um before we wrap up anything else to add i don't think so okay awesome well then, um, if you want to build a successful, fulfilling, and sustainable writing life that works for you, you've got to get on our email list. Sign up now to get our free email course, The Magic of Character Arcs. After seven days of email magic, you'll have the power to keep your readers flipping pages all through the night. Link in the show notes. We'll see you there. Bye. Bye.